I'm so excited to be back in my hometown. For those of you who don't know who I am, I am Micah, uh, Pastor Jerry, that's my grandpa, and I've been in Florida at college. So it's been really good to be back here um, where the weather is kind of more stable, at least a little bit, and uh, I can actually wear jackets, which I love wearing jackets. But uh, I'm so thankful that I've been given the opportunity and honor to share what God has been teaching me and showing me over these past few months. College is a crazy life transformation. You think you are ready for it and you get excited for it and then you just kind of get there and you're like, oh, I want to go home. But <laughs> it's really good. It's been really fun. And um, there's this this theme that God has kind of labeled my semester with, my past semester. It's a, it's a statement he shared with me in my first few weeks there. And it's kind of stuck with me all the way to this point. And I, at first, when he told me this statement, when he spoke it over me, I thought, well, that's, that's pretty good. That, that sounds kind of cool. It would be a cool T-shirt. But the more I, like, meditated on this statement, the more I thought about it and applied it to situations that came up in my life, I started seeing the, the, the actual weight that this statement carries. And the statement he told me in the title of my sermon is a clear God in a blurry season. Now, this statement and purpose, it, it might seem like, it might just be a really good Instagram post, but in all actuality, this statement, if you live by it, if you, if you study it, it could get you through the good seasons, the bad seasons, and all the seasons in between. Because as you become a Christian and as you walk this thing out with God, you start to see that not every season is going to be good. And not every season is going to be easy. And actually, the majority of seasons you walk through are going to be hard. But the thing is, is you, if you have a clear understanding of the God you serve, it doesn't matter what season you walk into because things begin to change and things begin to shift and things begin to break off of you when you stand in the midst of a blurry season and focus your attention on a clear and faithful God. Now the word blurry, it, it means you probably all know what the word blurry is, but I'm going to say the definition because it might, it might click it to a few situations you're going through in your life. The word blurry means not clearly or distinctly visible, or you're unable to perceive clearly. You see, there are some seasons we're going to walk through. There's going to be some moments that you go through where it seems like it is taking everything in your ability to hold on to your side of God. Sometimes it may feel like you are just unable to see him, but that is the moment where faith steps in. If you walk into the lifestyle of a Christian and expect that from the moment you become a Christian, everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows, your expectations are not going to be met. Because being a Christian does not mean you get to walk on clouds. Being a Christian means you are given the most heavy-weighted opportunity and gift to preach the good news of the gospel to those that are lost. Sometimes it may feel, the Bible says many times that we will have trials on this earth. John 16:33 says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And it goes a step further. It doesn't just tell us we're going to have bad times. It tells us to rejoice in the bad times. In James 1, 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. The greatest men and women of God in the Bible faced unspeakable things. They faced death. They faced illness. They faced crucifixion they faced all these different things imprisonment all the while allowing the position and attributes of god to never change in their eyes and although there are so many i could speak about tonight i want to focus on just two 
There's one in particular, a book about a prophet named Habakkuk. Now, I didn't read Habakkuk very much, um, but when I did read it, it kind of began to really seem like where our world is today. See, Habakkuk starts off where he is basically the children of God are under the scrutiny and under the, the tyranny of the Babylonians. Now, the word Babylon actually means confusion. So God's children in this season and in this place and time, they were under a weight of confusion, under an impression of confusion. And the book of Habakkuk starts out where most of us have been many times. It starts out in bondage, the bondage of fear, the bondage of sickness, finances, addictions, whatever that may be to you. You see, Habakkuk starts with himself, the prophet, the man of God, asking God why. It starts off with him asking God why would he have let this have happened. Everything that he had promised, all the things that they, he had walked, he had seen God walk his people through, why would he let them be where they are now? It says, how long, Lord, must I call for help? And I don't know about you, but there have been many seasons where I've cried out to God for help, and it just doesn't seem like he's listening. But you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at the injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict, and it abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so that justice is perverted. That's pretty heavy. That's, I read that, and I was like, whoa, this is going to be an intense book. But uh, So in those words, there's a lot of desperation coming from Habakkuk. And it's relatable because I read that and I was like, that is our world today, God. There's so many people that are looking at what's going on and being like, God, why aren't you changing things? And Habakkuk is there in that blurry place crying out, God, where are you? You aren't clear in this place because he's uncertain. But then right after all of Habakkuk's concerns were voiced, after God listened to everything that was going on in his life, the Bible says the Lord replied. And that gets me excited because... There's been so many times when I'm thinking, God is not listening. God is not listening. And then he speaks. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, God was listening like that whole entire time. But when God spoke, he said the exact words that Habakkuk needed to hear. Because sometimes you're going to be in a place where what you need to do, it doesn't feel like what you need to do. But what you desperately need to do is close yourself off from the entire situation and cry out to God over and over and over again. Because Some things can only come out of solitude. Certain things can only be birthed and be grown in the secret place. Sometimes we don't understand, but we get so caught up trying to fix things ourselves. And God is just always there saying, talk to me. Even if it isn't clear, speak to me and I can guide you and comfort you. And so many times in the New Testament, Jesus would separate himself from others and just rest in the presence of his father because it is not, it's in the secret place that we can properly posture our hearts with no distractions to the very character of our creator. The Lord replied to Habakkuk by saying this, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And when I read that God said, that's happening now. See in our world right now, we're all praying for change. We're all praying for things And we're all trying to see where God's moving in between the mess. But God is always moving. And he's proven that time and time again. And he's saying, the Lord was saying, watch me. I'm working even if you can't see it. 
He then speaks about the demise of the Babylonians will be by the fact that their own strength is in their God. But Zechariah 4.1-4.6 says, Not by power nor by might, but by your spirit. That is how we conquer the enemy. But even when we are placed in a situation or a season that is blurry, it would be so easy to start relying on our own strength. And I've done this many times, over and over and over again. I've relied on my own strength. But one of the smartest things we as children of God could do would be to just let go of the issue and give it to God. Habakkuk then goes on to say to God, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. You see, in the seasons of trials, what we tend to do is let down our guards. When things are good, we're all like, all right, God, show me the enemy. I'm going to fight him. I'm going to take him down. And then right when the enemy comes in, we're like, all right, I tap out. I'm done. Revival is good. We love revival. Christians love revival. But sometimes even more important than revival is resistance. Because some things can only be grown out of resistance. Strength is built in resistance. And Habakkuk wasn't in the season of revival. He was smack dab in the middle of resistance. But instead of continuing to complain, he said, God, I'm setting my perspective higher than my situation. And I'm going to stand guard of the promise provisions you have given me and I will wait the church needs to begin to learn the importance of waiting it's easy to get anger when things don't go your way but to sit in the face of adversity and rejoice in the waiting that is strength and then you also got to have faith Habakkuk said he will answer my complaint not he might not he will eventually not he's going to Probably. He said, He is going to answer me because He is a faithful God. The children of God need to begin building up unwavering faith. How can we have faith that God will change our nation when we don't have faith that He will protect us against sickness and disease? How can we have faith that God can restore our families when we don't have faith that God will hear our prayers? I will this is what Habakkuk said at the end of the at the end of his book. And the thing is, is, the book of Habakkuk didn't actually end in sunshine and rainbows, but it ended with Habakkuk knowing the God he served and holding tightly to faith. It says, I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms even, and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crops fail and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle's barns are empty, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. See, provision can't come until we clearly see God as our provider. Healing can't come until we clearly see God as our healer. Our world can't change until we see God as our world changer. Proverbs twelve fourteen says, From the fruit of the lips... From the fruit of our lips, our, oh my gosh, what? from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things. We have to begin to speak it if we want to see it. But when we align ourselves with the truth of God's character, then it doesn't matter what is going on around us. We can rejoice for he has redeemed us and set us free. We can never be deserving of his grace. Yet his unconditional love calls us worthy. Who needs a sunshine and rainbows day when you have salvation and peace beyond understanding? This summer, I was in a place where it 
didn't really seem like anything was going my way. And I was losing things and things were changing and I was scared. And then the thoughts of the enemy came in. And at first it was easy to deflect them because they were clearly the thoughts of the enemy. But as it continued, I began to get it twisted with the thoughts of the enemy and the thoughts of God. And I started listening to these thoughts and meditating on these thoughts and allowing these thoughts to dictate what I saw in God, what I saw in myself and what I saw in my future. And before I knew it, I was depressed. I was down. I was sad. I was angry at everything. And I didn't know how to get out because I just dug myself in such a deep hole. And one night I was just sitting in my bed and I fell to the floor and I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm angry at you. And God kind of drew me back in that moment because I had told myself I would never be angry at God. And up to that point, I don't really feel like I had been and I would have been angry at myself. But in that moment, I was angry at God. And I, I asked God, I was like, God, why is this stuff going on? And he said, this is what God said to me. He said, I've been here, my son. And in life, there will be easy. And you got to choose what you cling to in those seasons. It's your choice if you will become a man of God or a man of this world. It is as simple as that. It's a choice. When seasons come, God is present at all times, but we get to choose if he's clear to us or not. The next man I want to focus on is a pretty well-known one. His name's Paul. And Paul was a man that was faced with punishment, imprisonment, death, and just a number of things. So if you ever think your life is bad, read Paul's life and then be like, okay, I don't got it that bad. But Paul was once a man who persecuted those who followed Jesus. But one interaction with the power of Christ and the once blind man could now see. Paul surrendered his will, his intentions, his status, his future for the truth he had now found. Some of us, including myself, have been so set on what we feel like our future should look like and so bent on how we think the next step should pan out. But the Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And I read that scripture and I realized, it doesn't say, for you know the plans that you have for yourself. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. So surrendering what we expect to come from our lives to God is the way we actually get the life we always wanted. Paul had a clear vision of his situation around him, but he gave up a clear vision for a clear... So he gave up his clear vision of God for a clear vision of the world. And that's what he did before he had an interaction with Jesus. And that's what so many people do. They, they get a clear vision of the world and the clear vision of what they want to do in this world and clear vision of the, the success they want and all these things. But in the process, they give up the clear vision of God. And see, this is not a trade we can afford to make. His plan is not an, a, a plan we can afford to lose. Paul would follow the plans of God and many times he was cursed by the world because of it. But there was always purpose behind the pain. There was a time when Paul and Silas were both thrown into prison, but instead of cursing and rebuking God for turning on them, they knew the God they served and they began to praise. It's, the Bible says about midnight, Paul and Silas was praying, were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. 
The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them and asked, out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They were placed in a situation where it would have made complete sense to the world to throw in the towel. But if they would have, God's provision wouldn't have been shown. The jailer wouldn't have seen the power of God, and the plan of God would have been exchanged for the plan of man. The extraordinary traded for the ordinary. But instead, Paul and Silas rejoiced. And it's hard. God knows it's hard to sit in a situation where everything around you seems to be going the most terrible way it could possibly go. And to sit in that situation and say, God is good. And things are going well. And thankful for what I have. But sometimes, something happens when you just begin to dance in the storm. With your eyes fixed on Jesus. And there's that story of Peter where he's in the boat. And, God, and Jesus is walking on water. And, and he says, come to me. Now in that situation, when I, when I was reading it, I realized like Jesus didn't walk up to Peter and pick him up and then carry him out. And Jesus didn't come to them. He said, no, come to me. Because certain things only be formed when we take the steps of faith to get to Jesus. We can't give up halfway through. And the moment that Peter looked down at his situation, he began to sink. You see, there's a story in the Bible. We just get... So there's a story about Bible that's the woman with the issue of blood. I'm sorry, these words are, words are kind of tiny and I, my contacts are going blurry, so I get mixed up a little bit. But there's a story in the Bible of the woman with the issue of blood. And the woman... She comes to God, and this is actually something I heard a, a pastor, uh, a pastor talk about one time, and I thought it was super good. She she comes to Jesus and she says, "If I can just touch his robe," and she touches it, and the Bible says she's immediately healed. But the truth is, she wasn't immediately healed because the Bible says right before that, it was twelve years of her having this this problem and this sickness. 12 years of her having this and going to doctor after doctor, and it says it got worse. 12 years of her praying. But if she would have given up in any one of those moments and just said, this is, what, this is my life, then she wouldn't have come to that place where she met Jesus face to face and received her healing. Some of us are right on the brink of our miracle, right on the moment where we're going to get what we've been praying for all this time. We cannot give up until we see Jesus fulfill what he said he was going to fulfill. When we enter into a season that is blurry, we get the opportunity to trust in a miraculous God and watch as he intervenes in ways we never thought possible. So it is important to have faith in the blurry seasons. And I was, I was trying to think of a, like a funny story that I could re- relate from my life. And I was talking to my parents. I was like, I kind of need a funny story of like a moment when my life wasn't so great and, and like God like intervened. And it's like when you think of it, when you try to think of it, you really can't. But um, I will, I will relate it to a certain things, and I'll probably risk my reputation in doing so. But when there's fear and when there's things that you're afraid of, you can kind of step back and see that God has everything under control, and it makes you almost laugh at the situation you've been afraid of for so long. Because one thing I'm deathly afraid of is tubing. You know, when you're strapped to the back of a boat and you're going and, and, and you're hitting the waves and all this stuff. And I'm terrified of tubing. Like I, I, 
just hold on for my dear. And my family never lets me like sit out. I'm like, no, I'll sit on the bank and I'll wave as you guys as y'all like go tubing. I'm not, I'm not going tubing. And they always make me go and I'm always holding on to the tube and I'm just curled up and I'm praying everything I know how to pray, speaking in tongues, you know, cause I'm deathly afraid that the boat's going to flip and all my family's going to die. But when I actually started thinking about that and thinking about the situation and praying about it, God kind of revealed to me that that is actually very far from feasible in my, in, in the rational world. And God has done that for so many situations. I was at college and I was so fearful of, of this assignment coming up. I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't, I, I have no idea how I'm going to work this out. And God said, this is a moment in your life where I've given you the opportunity to trust me, choose to trust me. I've missed the mark so many times. And yet I know my God is faithful because when God is clear to you, failures can't define you because there is grace. Hurt can't define you because there is love. You begin to desire God's purpose for you. And it's easy to get caught up in the world's purpose for you. It's really easy. But when you experience an encounter with God, you can't fall into any other person's arms. It's only his. Habakkuk 2.14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. We got to be desiring an awareness of God's glory. God's moving. He's working. It's easy to miss that. But the church needs to hunger again. The church needs to hunger again. And not, and not a hunger that, that seeks after just revival. They need to hunger individually. So everybody individually longs for God, longs to just take one step closer each day. Because when the whole body of church individually is hungry after God, it doesn't matter if there's revival, if there's drought, if there's sickness, if there's famine, because everybody knows that their God is faithful in that season. There's this parable in the Bible. And I, I was, I go to this theology, uh, theology, theology class and he, he was talking about this parable, and I was like, wow, this is so good. And it's the parable of the ten, pri- bri- ten bridesmaids. And at the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight... The cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with, the, with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. There's a season that we're in right now where it's time to be constantly in preparation for God to move. You do not want to be the ones that were left unprepared because the, the Bible says that they were there at midnight. They were in the darkness. And a lot of times in the Bible, the, the term darkness means a desperate season, a season where things aren't clear, where things are blurry. And they were there in that season of darkness. And all they had with them is this light. 
And those that were wise said, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to get this extra one. And that's like us. We need to go and we need to shut our doors and we need to pray. And we need to begin letting God impart into us wisdom and strength and peace and joy. Because there's going to be a day when it gets so hard that we don't want to be the ones left without light. Even in the darkness, those that love God await for him. With hopeful expectation, they prepare themselves, even though their surroundings are clear. There's this specific song that I've been listening to quite a lot recently. And it's, it's called, um, oh my gosh. It's called perspect. No, it's called preference. It's called preference. I knew I was going to forget that word too. I was like, preference. I have a very bad memory when it comes to words, but the song's called preference. And it's the song talks about, I don't know what it looks like. God, I don't know how it's going to pan out. And I don't know how the situation's going to, going to affect me or it's going to, or it's going to come in at the, in the time that I needed to come in. But if you are the one that's in control, I know it's going to be good. And that's what the song's all about. And it's a constant, it just says it over and over again. And it's it's talking about letting go of the preferences you have and letting God allow his will and his plan to be the main thing that controls your life. And at college, I realized that that is the most crucial thing any Christian can learn. Because I had this whole plan mapped out. And I get to college, and I just I, I feel like I'm, I can't do any of it. I feel like I'm I'm drowning almost, and all these things start coming up, and all these assignments, and all these classes, and then I gotta make new friends, and all these situations start start popping up. But then the moments where I just get in my room, and my roommate's not there, cause it, so I can actually cry to God without it being a little awkward. But I lock the door, I get in my room. And sometimes I just sit there and I cry to God. And sometimes I sit there and I turn my music way loud and I dance like there's no one around. Because literally there's no one around, but I'm sure somebody can hear me. And I go crazy and I dance and I, and I shout and I do all the things. Because in every season, if you can't praise God, you can't make it through the other side. So I pray and I, and I cry out to God and I, and I allow him to impart his joy and I allow him to impart his perspective. And then I go out and I talk to people and then I get scared again and I, and I get angry again and I get hurt again. And then I come back and I pray and I, and I seek God and I allow him to do a work in me. And then I go back out and it's a continuous cycle because that's life. Because it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be great. And it's a lot of times going to be really blurry. And you're not going to be able to see where the direction is going and what's going on around you. But God will always place people in your life to speak truth. And God will always provide when, right when you need the provision. And God will always lead you into that job you've been praying for. Or he'll always put that money that you've been praying for that vehicle for so long. He'll always provide that. Or he'll always heal you right when you think the sickness is about to overcome you. Because God is a good God. If you don't believe anything else... Believe that God is a good God. So this song, I'm going to just play it. uh, And I want you to just listen to the words and praise. If you need to get out and dance, just get out and dance. If you need to just sit there and cry to God, sit there and cry to God. Because God is clear. God is simple, but God is miraculous and he's big. And there's no situation that can take over God. So... 
I'm going to pray real quick, and then I'm going to allow this song to play. And y'all just listen and allow God to do his work. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for all you've done. In the big moments and the little moments, God, you have proven yourself to be faithful. God, we are imperfect, but we serve a perfect God. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you for your love and your grace that you show to us every day. And we praise you, Father, that in these, these months and these weeks and these days and these years to come, God, we thank you that we will every day allow you to be the forefront of our mind. God, we will allow you to be clear. And in moments where we need you, we will cry out, Father, and we will trust that you will answer us, God. We love you with all that we are and all that we are becoming and all that we can be, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Say 
Just my 